Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to a podcast from The Pool. Hi, I'm Viv Groskop, your pool agony aunt, and this is Waving Not Drowning, where I'll discuss how to combat your problems and solve your emotional issues. This week, I'm talking about following your dreams, toxic friends, and living between two countries. Our first question this week. Dear Viv, I've been a PA since I graduated. I took the job straight after uni because I needed an income and never expected to still be here 10 years later. But a combination of financial stability and indecision have kept me here. My friends keep pressuring me to quit and follow my dreams, but I don't know what my dream job actually is. All I know is if I stay a PA for any longer, I might never get the courage to do anything else. How can I work out what I should be doing with my life? Hello, lovely, bored and confused person. How like all of us you are. We've all felt the way you feel now, sometimes when we were very young and sometimes unexpectedly even much later on in life. This feeling can come upon you horribly gradually or very suddenly. Is this really it? First of all, though, let's break this problem down and talk about what this is not about. There is absolutely nothing wrong with being a PA, um, and I am worried that you're talking yourself down here. I think you must be an excellent, loyal and reliable person for your company to have kept you for 10 years, especially during a period of recession and instability where lots of people have lost jobs or struggled to remain with the same employer. Plus, it's really not an easy job to do. I know lots of very talented and extraordinary PAs with really interesting lives in and outside of work. So um, I've just met a PA who now runs a huge company of virtual personal assistants. And she has freedom, influence, loads of money and the little black book Ariana Huffington would shoot her for. So I don't think being a PA is the problem here. And you need to give yourself a bit of credit for the things that that job has made you good at. Um, these may well well end up being the things that are meaningful to you. I'm talking about the skills that you've gained and used doing your job. You know, these could be the things that end up being meaningful to you and that you do want to do for the rest of your life. So I know that you need to make a change, but don't totally write off what you've already got. The trouble, as you well know yourself, is that you feel stuck. And you hit on this with your final question, which is the real question, and it really has very little to do with what job you're doing. How can I work out what I should be doing with my life? I don't like the use of the word should here. 
You need to work out what you can do with your life, what you want to do with your life, what you would do with your life if you gave yourself permission to do anything. You mentioned already indecision and financial stability, which makes me think that what you really want is certainty, a magic bullet, and to not to have to take any risks, to which I would say, welcome to adult existence, lovely confused person. Uh, Beware the myth of certainty. You can already see, I think, that staying where you are in this supposed place of certainty is not actually making you stable and safe. It's making you unhappy. So it's not really stable at all. Here is the bad news. You are going to have to change. The good news is the second that you start doing it, it won't be anything like as scary as you think. Where to start? I don't want to say the words life coach because I suspect you have already considered that route, but a life coach would set you on the path to asking the right questions in the space of just an hour. From personal experience, it is worth investing money in that. Don't think too much about where to go, how to find them and so on. Just do it. Maybe book to see two or three life coaches. You you can even do it as phone coaching. Get recommendations from friends. Have a look online. Just do it. Don't think too much about it. Get some experience of this stuff. If you can't face that, then I would suggest buying maybe one of Martha Beck's books. Beck, that's B-E-C-K. She's Oprah's life coach, so she must be good. Um, I'm a big fan of hers. Or think about a practical book like What Colour Is Your Parachute, which really helps you to identify lots of different strengths that you might have. The reality is that you're going to need to ask yourself a lot of questions in an objective way. And this is something that your friends can't help you to do because they bring their own prejudices and ideas that won't always be relevant to you. Also, I would say, can you talk to someone at work? Can you get some more responsibilities or a transfer or a move or something that will shake things up a bit? Maybe someone you work with has seen something in you and is waiting for you to suggest that you'd like to take on a bit more of a challenge. Outside of work, perhaps thinking about doing something new that you've always wanted to do, especially if that thing seems completely ridiculous or pointless. I would really recommend doing that. Uh, If I'm I'm not, I'm being serious here. Really, you need to do something that's fun and you don't know why you want to do it. So that's the thing to look for. If you can think up that thing and it takes less than three hours out of your week, you need to give yourself permission to do it within the next three days. You know, it could be anything from horse riding to dancing the flamenco but whatever it is just go and do it everything i'm suggesting here is effectively a data gathering exercise because you will not be able to make decisions and know what you want until you have more information and more confidence doing new stuff and asking questions gives you confidence and it also gives you answers about what to do next sitting around and talking about things doesn't do that for you So in summary, this is what you need to do. Stop being down about being a PA and having had the same job for 10 years. Just stop that. Do new stuff, whatever it is, do new stuff and ask questions. I have every faith that you can do these things. Just a word of warning. Don't be surprised if A, you end up investigating a career path that seems completely mad and unlikely. That is how I ended up becoming a stand-up comedian. Or B, you end up wanting to stay exactly where you are because you find that you're actually much happier than you think. Stay open to everything.
Our second question this week. Dear Viv, my friend wants to go on holiday with me. I've known her for years and we go away together almost every year for a short break. But last time, her selfishness and lack of regard for me left me feeling embarrassed and angry. I want to stay friends with her, but I can't face another week in the sun biting my tongue. I would just tell her I don't want to go this year, but she considers our trips to be a founding block of our relationship, and she's joked that she would be upset if I went away without her. Should I tell her that I prefer her in small doses, or keep quiet for the sake of our friendship? Oh, I love the idea of telling someone that you prefer them in small doses. I just can't see that going very well. So I have to say, this is time now for me to advocate lying as a way of advancing a friendship. Please don't tell your friend what's on your mind here. It's just going to be too painful for her to hear. She does sound extremely annoying, your friend. Where on earth have you digged her up from? She's dreadful. Um, to be honest, this whole plea makes me feel more worried about you than it does about her. Why are you investing time and energy in a friendship that's not doing anything for you? This friendship obviously works very well for your friend and she is very sensibly trying to preserve it, but it doesn't work for you. <laughs> and you need to find a way to extricate yourself, but it needs to be without being cruel or unkind to your friend. I'm really grateful though that you sent in this question because it gives me an opportunity to say something I have been wanting to say for a long time. And this is my message to the world. Please do not be friends with people who make you feel embarrassed and angry or with people who exhibit, as you call it, selfishness and lack of regard. Just don't be friends with these people. This is my message. <laughs> it's not your duty to be friends with people who make you feel that way. And you would be very surprised at how quickly they will find other people to be friends with. I guess what I most want to ask you is this. What do you have to lose? What, what do you gain from this friendship? It kind of sounds as if you're just keeping it going for the sake of it. Or let's call this out for what it is, because you don't want to have to admit to yourself that this whole thing has been an error of judgment on your part. There is nothing wrong with becoming overly friendly with someone who turns out to be a bit of a nightmare. We have all done it. But there is something very wrong in maintaining a friendship once you've come to that realisation. And there is something wrong with blaming the other person. It's your life and your time, and you're entitled to spend it how you want. If you misspent that time with someone who makes you feel bad, well, it's really your fault and not theirs. So now is the time to admit that, let it go and walk away. I am not a person who knows anything about international banking and finance, but I think this is what they call in the business world, cutting your losses. You can't make this trip this year. Why? Because you have too much work on. You're saving up for a pair of Balenciaga trousers. You've lost your passport. Or you're going on a silent retreat whose meditation theme is, what do you want from real friends? I don't care what excuse you make, and ideally don't make one at all because you don't need to justify or explain or make some grand statement that this friendship isn't working. Just step away. Use a few strategic excuses if you need to, and instead make some time to invest in friends who don't make you feel embarrassed or angry. Have a lovely time with your new friends. Our next question. Dear Viv, my boyfriend is Australian 
and has always said that he wants to go back at some point. I love him and we're considering getting married, but can't agree on where to live. Our families are very important to both of us and neither of us can imagine having children and raising them without the influence of our respective parents. What can we do? Neither of us wants to budge, but we can't live between two countries. Oh, just a small question here. Hello, British lady in love with Australian man. Uh, Fortunately, I know a lot of people who have been through this, so I sympathise, I feel your pain, and I feel very, very glad that I married someone who comes from Bristol. Australia and New Zealand are the trickiest factors uh, to bring into this equation. I've mentioned New Zealand because it relates to some friends of mine. Uh, Because they're so bloody far away and expensive to get to, and there's all this uh, visa and work permit nonsense as well to add into the equation. But this principle isn't just about nationalities or countries. It also goes for couples where, say, someone wants to live in the country and the other person wants to live in the city. So this is something that a lot of people really struggle with. What sort of life together do we want? And what if we can't even agree where we should live? So the first thing I would say was don't feel alone in dealing with this or that this is a bad reflection on your relationship, that you're struggling to deal with this. It's incredibly common. Let's unpick this a bit and take the international element out of this for a second because that is the most complicated bit. The key word for me in your question is imagine. Neither of us can imagine having children and raising them without the influence of our respective parents. It seems to me that you're trying to make decisions about things that might or might not happen in the future and you're trying to foresee how you might or might not feel about those things that might or might not happen in the future. But the truth is you can't know how you will want to raise your children until you've had them and you can't know how much you'll want either of your parents to be involved in that upbringing until that part of your life starts to happen I feel as if you're wanting to know too many things long before it's possible to know those things. And that is something that's really unfair on your relationship. I'd rather that you used your imagination to think about a future where nothing is set in stone and where you take things as they come. I know you'll want a practical answer here, so I will give one. Set some time scales together. What do we want to happen this week? What do we want to happen in the next six months? What do we want to happen within two years? Beyond that, let it go, I think. Because the problem with making a grand plan and a grand decision now is, guess what? Life will intervene and present you with a whole set of other problems you did not even imagine. I don't want to be a total bitch, but for the sake of shocking you out of this kind of crystal ball mentality that you've got into, I'm going to do it. This comes the bitch bit. Now, what if because you seem to be doing a lot of what if in your mind. What if you move to one country to be close to one set of parents and then both of those parents are killed in a freak boating accident? What if one of you moves for a job and then the company goes under three months later? What if you both want children but one of you is infertile and it is extremely difficult to have children? I'm sorry to say those things and to be a bitch with all these nightmare what ifs, but Those are all real things that happen to real people. Well, hopefully not the boating accident too often. Um, It would be a bad idea, right, and impossible to plan for these things. So here's how to think instead. Take things one step at a time and with manageable timescales. Don't plan more than a year or two ahead. 
analyze constantly for yourself individually and together as a couple whether your relationship is strong enough to cope with what life throws at you. I've seen relationships collapse at the hint of one person getting a bit stressed at work. I've seen other relationships remain enviably strong through multiple international moves and huge career and family upheaval and difficulty. It's all down to the strength of the relationship. What I really want to ask you is this. Why do you have to agree now where to live at some random point in the future with these so far imaginary children? Agree what you want now whilst keeping your options open so that you can both change your minds. If you're going to stay together and this is going to work, from what I've seen from other couples who have gone through the same thing, you are both going to have to learn the art of graceful compromise. Sometimes it will be your turn to get what you want, sometimes it will be his. Start practicing this now today instead of living in an imaginary future. By the way, in my experience, the Australians always win this argument simply because they have better weather. So if you suspect it might be going in that direction, I would invest in sun cream shares and get your parents to start saving up for air miles. That's all for today. If you have a problem you'd like to submit, please send your email to dearviv at thepoolltd.com or tweet us at thepooluk. Thanks for listening. Join us again soon and sign in to thepool.com where you can get these podcasts automatically saved to your scrapbook every single week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.